1116 SEN, this is the Melbourne Storm Hour. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. The Melbourne Storm Hour starts every Tuesday night and life is so much easier when you deal with the Melbourne Storm because they just continue to win. They're the last undefeated team in the National Rugby League for this particular year, and that's something that doesn't surprise any of us. one 736 736 to get involved. Let's get into the Melbourne Storm Hour, of course, in the studio. Two of the, uh, well, two guys who are on the way back, and one is really starting to fly right about now. Scotty Drinkwater and Shandor Earl in the studio. Hello to you, boys. Hi, mate. Are you here? I... We're going to get to injuries. We're going to talk about T-Bone. Now, of course, Jack Everett is traditionally in control, and he told me about the <laughs> T-Bone of the uh, the Week Awards. So I'm looking forward to picking my way through that and also talking about the recovery of how you boys are, are going. And I know you're very close, Shandor, which we'll get to very shortly. But just we might start with the Valentine Holmes news today that he has signed with the practice squad with the New York Jets. And we went through this a couple of years ago with Jared Hayne, and a player in your situation or in your competition is now going to Give it a crack. Well, what comes through your mind when you, one, hear the news and, two, that he's he's signed on and he's getting closer to a dream? What what goes through your mind when someone from your competition does this? Yeah, I mean, me and Drinky were just talking about it before. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, we're all big fans of American sports, mm-hmm. especially NFL. So when we see someone go over and have a crack, we're all pretty supportive. So this one seems pretty genuine. You know, Valentine Holmes is going over there in the peak of his career. He's still young, but looks like he's going to have a good crack. So, you know, I don't know. It's going to be tough, obviously, a different sport and things like that. But, yeah, what an opportunity. You, you, you would have come up against him at some point and, and had some exposure to him on field. How, how, he looks insanely athletic from where I sit in the stands. Is, 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 that, is that a fair thing to say about him? And, and, obviously, how does that translate in the NFL? That's for us to find out and see how it plays out. But he looks like someone at his age that might be able to adapt to the changing and the skill set needed. Yeah, I just think his, uh, his agility and his speed – would probably fit perfect into a wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. He's got great footwork. So, you know, sort of beating those one-on-one defenders like you have to beat a corner, cornerback. So, you know, I think you'll fit in well on the wide receiver and yeah, take it. Just, I reckon just catching the contact in the air, getting hit in the air would probably be a bit of a surprise to him. So probably the main thing, yeah. Hey, do you guys talk about stuff like this in the locker room at practice? And, and do, you, do you talk about and sometimes allow yourself to dream about doing something and, and maybe changing codes? Like, is that is that a conversation that happens in, in, in that locker room or the, the Melbourne Storm dressing sheds? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, we're all such big fans of American sport. Like, yeah. I think we, I've always had conversations of who would go well over in the NFL. You know, I always used to – when there was a bit of talk about – I used to play with um, Josh Dugan, and he's a he's a mad fan too. He's always can. I always thought like a Greg Inglis as like a tight end or something because the American players they're just freak athletes. They you know are. what I mean? Their speed and things like that are at another level compared to what we're used to. But so you always think of players that could transfer. But as I said, Holmes is in the peak of his career. As as uh, Drinky mentioned, he's got all the attributes. So it'll just be awesome to see him go over there and then put rugby league on the map. Is it also good, uh, small relief to have him no longer in the league, considering how talented <laughs> and dangerous he is to be running out there each and every week and knowing that, hey, one of the best guys and still at 23, so his prime you would expect is still to come, is no longer a challenge for you guys when it comes to what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty glad that you don't you know, come against a Cronulla team or whatever team you'd good be Good for New South yeah. Wales. Yeah, he's good for New South Wales. He was dominating yeah. that, mm. that wing there. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit. And I'm wondering, 
Because there's been it, it, this gets raised every single year. And one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved. Win eighteen sixteen a win on the weekend. Melbourne Storm stay four and zip and stay undefeated. But Golden Point gets raised. The talk about it, the pros and cons for it every single year. And sometimes it's early in the year, sometimes it's late. And right now it seems to be firing up. As as players, what what are your thoughts on Golden Point and the way that it's structured? And are you, are you happy with the way it is in the game at the moment? Do you think it needs to be tinkered with? How do you like that we have a tie and how it plays out after it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a couple of other sports you could compare it to. I think the Golden Point is is a good, you know, it's a good, good way to end the game. But I think... It is slightly unfair on the team. You get to that 80-minute mark yep. and you get nothing at the end of it. Also, you know, people have sort of tossed up in the in the past that it's become a bit of a kickathon. So, really, people are just trying to go for that one point. So, I reckon it would be cool to see something a bit more exciting um, and whether you go all the way through to the end, sort of similar to basketball. Like, mm-hmm. if there's a try, you still get another opportunity, same as soccer. So, I reckon that would be a little bit better. Does it does it, does it change the game too much? Like, like, you don't spend 80 minutes trying to get one point. And in a very rare situation you do, but all of a sudden you get to extra time, which is so important. And all of a sudden the game, does the game just totally change and what goes through your boys' minds when you're in golden point to what you've been trying to do for 80 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't, obviously you don't probably run as, you know, many attacking shapes. Um, you try and be pretty conservative and cut the ball up. And, you know, if you can get in a position for a field goal, you generally want to take that. It's yeah. probably the main goal you want to get. Um, you know, you rarely see people score tries, but um, yeah, it's probably, uh, probably just as a, Watching as a fan, you know, it is exciting, but yeah, you don't really get to see the the flair, the attacking flair. It's exciting to a point, though, because we don't go to the rugby league. We don't watch any anything in the league world to try and see someone kick. Yeah, we, we go there for tries. That is essentially what the game is built about. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it's exciting because you're in the moment where it's like you know how important the next minute or the five metres or ten metres is going to be. But... It, it's only this situation. It's not actually the act of what actually happens that excites us fans, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a heap of things tossed up. They're even tossing up, like, um, sort of the touch, how the touch players do it, where they mm-hmm. start to drop players off, you know what I mean, like over a 10-minute period. Like, that would be – I just reckon make it as exciting, well, interesting, like, and tactical you, as possible. Would you boys like that? If they did that and mad. they just dropped uh, the us, us speedsters would like <laughs> it. It'd be crazy. Imagine a one-on-one battle to end – you know, the game, that, that's what fans would be there for. No, 100%. I reckon if you can make more tactical, more exciting at that end period, I, I'm all for it. Do you think they'll tinker with it, though? Do you think? Because it is a as much as there's so much sort of talk for it, it is going to be a big move if the, uh, the ARL or the NRL actually make the decision to change it in whatever format. Do you think they'll actually pull the trigger did, on it? Did they change it in the finals? Was it five minutes each way or did, last year? Yeah, there, there is a ch- there is a change to the finals. I don't know. It's um, not in in-season, but... No, uh, I don't know what it is. would be pretty cool to have it in-season, just See, like basketball, just go the whole way through. Yeah. When you have different rules or different situations in the season compared to the finals, and in the AFL you don't have any extra time, and then all of a sudden in finals there is, so there's three different scoring, or there used to be three scoring different timing things. As a player... Do you scratch your head as to why there's a different rule in September compared to when it is in the in the regular season? Uh, a little bit, but in September you need to find a winner. That's yeah, true. That's <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so it's important to get that outcome. So I think I think it's fair enough at the end of the day. You could argue though we need to find a winner in the regular season. Yeah, I, I well. like it. I like seeing a win in the regular season. Yeah. I don't really like draws too much. How, how many draws have you played in? Have you have you guys played in many draws yeah. in your whole like nah. your entire nah. career? But if, like I, I had one my first year down here and up at um in the Q Cup and yep. it just feels weird. It does feel weird. It's like, uh, I guess you'd rather get a draw than lose, but you sort of feel like you lose when you draw. Yeah, draw. it's a bit of a dead rubber, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved. We're going to talk all about the Storm and how well they've started this year, 4-0. and zero. Of course, the Cowboys this weekend, and you're going to be in the, or you are in the squad. 
Yes. <laughs> in the squad. <laughs> what, what, what is it like, obviously, uh, in, you know, injuries and everything you've been through and all the rest of it. When, yep. you know, we, you may know if you're going to play. I just probably highly doubt you're going to tell us here on a, on a public radio show. <laughs> yes, but right. uh, in a situation such, like, what's what's the excitement? What, what is the emotions that, you know, when Craig Bellamy, I don't know, how how does it work? Does he... Just put it up on the board, or does he text you and tell you? How does that generally, work? You know, it's generally a private conversation. Yep. Then you'll be able to go through that with the group. Um, yeah, look, we won't won't know until um, a bit close to the game, but it's nice to be, um, you know, look at facing that opportunity and that outcome. But look, it's been a long road, and when that opportunity comes to just reflect on everything and play, I, f- I feel like I'm ready. I've had a good preseason, had a few little niggles throughout, but um, got some good games under my belt. As you touched on, Stormer four and zero. Each feeder team, the Falcons and East, are five five and zero, so yep. they're all undefeated. So clubs in a really good position, and we're all ready. And it's that sort of next man up mentality. What what what's the next twenty four forty eight hours? Like when when do you know? When do you officially know? Then do you know? Ah, uh, probably probably yesterday. Day the game. <laughs> okay, yesterday. Right, so maybe. <laughs> how do you how do you how how are you dealing with this week then? Without you know, I don't want to probe and. Uh, oh, it feels quite like, normal, what's it really. Like? like I don't know, just. I've been through so much of a roller coaster, and last year really made a difference. But going through the preseason, the trials, and now preparing for games, I feel like I'm just back in a routine. Like it doesn't feel so foreign. So as I said, I'm really pre- prepared. Um, we had we had a good game last week, and I, I'm really ready to take my opportunity and you know get back in the NRL. So it's it's exciting times. When you when you're in a dressing shed, and obviously it's a little bit different for you because, and we'll get to your injury in a moment and how that's all tracking. But when you look at Shandor and the thing and the story to where he's come to where he is today. What, what's a feeling like when there's an opportunity and the possibility of him playing on the weekend? It's unreal. Um, as you said, you know, he's been through five years of not playing first grade and, you know, before you, before he got banned, you know, he was killing it. So it's exciting to see, um, you know, just a, re- be a remarkable return to get back to what he's come from. I um, mean, I was just even excited last year when he scored his first try. Hmm. I've seen a highlight of that and you know, it's just even that's just pretty cool, you know. So it's pretty unreal, yeah. Hey, do you, do you remember your last first? Like, do you have vivid memories of your last first grade game? Yeah, it wasn't good because um, okay. it was 2013 Raiders. We sort of yeah, we didn't have a great year. We dropped off. So I played the last round of 2013, round 26. I think we got pumped, and then obviously I was facing the suspension and uh, all the uh, great publicity that come with that. So <laughs> it's not not the best memories, but you know, I had I had some great footy at Canberra. So. I'm taking that. But as I said, mate, Melbourne's an amazing club. They've done great things by me. And it's time It's time when I get that opportunity to repay the faith and, uh, you know, just enjoy the moment with the boys. It's an amazing story and you've well documented and we're not going to go into it here. But the very fact, when you just, sometimes you just need to say raw stuff out loud. And the very fact is 2013. Mm-hmm. Now we, we talk about how much changes in a weekly basis in, in sport, regardless of what the sport is. You haven't played since two, obviously first grade since two. Yeah. That, that is what, what when you hear 2013, what goes through your mind? The fact that that is such a long time ago. I was in year ten. <laughs> there you go. He only just got his learners. He, yeah. he, he wasn't able to drive yet. It's it is it does it sort of slaps you in the face, doesn't it? How long it is? Yeah, ages ago. Think about it. Um, you know, it feels like ages ago. That I moved to Melbourne. That was four years ago. Mm-hmm. I think another mm-hmm. what, six, two more years before that. So it is ages ago. Yeah, I'm sure he's. But I'm sure he's like lived a good life for yeah. the four years, eh? He's enjoyed it. wasn't bad. wasn't bad. <laughs> Did you like when when you when you look at it in the way you now not only physically on the field but also how you holistically look at rugby league and, and sport and probably life in general? Mm. Do you believe you're a, no doubt you're a more mature person? But do you think the maturity will translate into being a better footballer when it comes to first grade? And 
what you've already sort of, I guess, been doing at the reserve grade as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no doubt that uh, maturing came with age and, yep. and experience. But I've said this numerous times. Everything I went through, although it was you know rubbish of a time and there was a lot to go through, but it really set me up for the person I am today. You know, probably accelerated that that maturity. So there was some stuff that I had to face. I moved on. I did a lot of good things off the field out of that sort of footy bubble. And uh, in hindsight, it'd really be hard to regret what happened because so many good things have come from it. But as you said, I sit here today um, among, among some great players. They're all the young fellas, Drinky, two great wingers. You look at Addo and Sully, and I'm still learning off them. So to come back in the storm system – drop your ego and just I'm, you're almost chasing criticism and so much accountability and you just you just become a better player. So that was the reason I wanted to come to the Storm and hopefully I can show that. All right. Four and zero for Melbourne Storm, last undefeated team in the league. Mm. Bruce is sitting second. Now, it's always an interesting conversation, this, because every player obviously goes into it expecting and hoping and when you're part of the Melbourne Storm program, finals and grand finals and premierships almost become the norm. But – were you with the changes and, of course, Cooper Cronk the year before and then Billy Slater retiring in the last year and some changes that had to be made, are you a little bit surprised that you are sitting four and zero as you continue to gel as a group and as a squad and as a team or you just thought, yeah, we'll just, it'll just be status quo for us? Um, no, nah, it's, it's pretty typical of the Melbourne Storm. You know, every year, uh, ever since I can remember, everyone writes off the Melbourne Storm yep. saying they're done, they're done. You know, I just think, um, you know, just our grueling preseason gets everyone in shape for the year ahead and... It's pretty simple down here. You don't want to let anyone down. You've got a, a job to do on the field and everyone goes out and does that job. So it's not surprising that, you know, we're undefeated at the moment. Still a long year ahead and still got a tough game mm-hmm. to go. But at the moment, yeah, sitting pretty good. Is that how, how much of it, and we talk about Craig Bellamy like he's a super coach because, honestly, he is. But how much credit, the very fact is that each and every year, you're just able to get rid of the exterior noise and just come in and just do your job and, and play well year in, year out. How much credit... And, and the way that Craig Bellamy goes about it, it has to be given to him. Heaps. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, you don't want to let anyone down, and you don't yep. want to let him down the most. He, um, he'll ride you if you, you, know, you do screw up. So you always just you know, doing anything, everything you can in the field, you know, whether it's effort areas, you know, working hard for your teammates. Um, it all comes back to you know, him driving that into you. You, know, you don't survive if you don't have that, that, you know, that drive to be consistent every day, work hard, work hard, hard, hard work ethic. So you know, it's all on him. When you first met Craig Bellamy, or when first sat down to have a conversation with him, might not have been the first time you met him, but to to join Melbourne Storm, was it a harrowing conversation? Was it intimidating? What, what's a conversation like with a guy like Craig Bellamy when you're trying to restart your career and in some aspects your life? Well, it's a pretty uh, amazing story, actually. Well, pretty cool it is to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, without going into too much detail, I keep a little bit of it between myself and Craig, but um, I sort of... Uh, end of 2016, I, I spoke to my manager and it was very clear. Obviously, I moved here with those intentions, but I wanted to come to the Storm. I wanted to try and get a gig. Um, I sort of isolated everything just to that and I sort of thought, well, if I'm going to have one last crack at seeing how good I can be, this is the place to do it. So I pretty much wrote Craig a letter and um, penned, you know, what I'd been through, what I want to achieve and what I want to do. And he uh, rang me the next day. We sat down in a cafe and, you know, he just basically said, mate, I'm in, let's do it. And mate, I was pinching myself. I didn't think, obviously, I was – going to have that conversation, but for him to show that faith in me, it just sort of, it's a testament to who he is. And as I said, I still sit there in meetings and I'm just like, far out. This is, we're sitting in front of Craig and just hearing him talk. It's, it's unbelievable. Now, just quick, did you actually pen a letter or did you type it on an email? Uh, no, I penned it. You actually penned, like, 
That that probably got to the contract in its own right because no one writes letters anymore. So you, to go outside the norm, that probably got his attention more so than anything else. Almost. Well, yeah, I just I don't know. Obviously, <laughs> that's I know, awesome. I know that Craig's old story. school, but I just old thought school. like, yeah, I just I didn't want to go through the the normal route. You know what I mean? And yep. I think in this day and age, there's not many. That's probably one way you can just show, hey, it's it's me. I'm I'm this is me talking. How how hard was it to write the letter? When when I mean that, how how long did it take you to get? On words, what you wanted to express to Craig? Oh, Bellamy. no, it was pretty easy. I mean, you know, I've had, straight out. I've had four years to think about okay. what I want to say, yeah. but um, <laughs> no, I was just like, it was basically everything I wanted to be through. I wanted to be really forthright and honest, and then I said basically my intentions. You know, it was, it was pretty mm-hmm. fairly confident, but I was just said, you know, what I believe I can bring to the team, and then um, yeah, I just wanted to make that clear. And oh, man, I'm so grateful. Obviously, to go through the ACL stuff is just another chapter, but to still be sitting here and now facing, you know, potential opportunities, it's it's unbelievable. I look forward to this weekend as well. We're going to talk some injuries in a moment. Uh, it's an unfortunate side of sport, but sometimes a very interesting chat as well. The Purple Army is building for 2019 in Melbourne. You're our city and we're your club. Any four Melbourne Storm home games for only $99. Call 1-300-STORMS now and be Melbourne proud in 2019. We're going to get to a break. Part of the Sporting Capital to Melbourne Storm Hour. Plenty more next. On eleven sixteen SEN, this is the Melbourne Storm Hour. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. Melbourne Storm Hour, Melbourne Storm undefeated. They take on the Cowboys this weekend. one 736 736 Got some tickets to give away for a game in a couple of weeks against the Roosters. In Melbourne, there's only one rugby league team in town. Support the club that supports our city. Get four. That's four Melbourne Storm home games for only $99. Call one 300 storms now and be Melbourne proud. Now, boys, T-bone of the week. We're going to get to it in about 20 minutes' time, but why don't you learn a gentleman want to try and explain to me exactly where this has been born from and what it means and how we're going to give tickets away a little bit later on. But, Chandor, tell me how T-Bone of the Week started. So the T-Bone Award is in recognition of the great Cameron Munster. Mm -hmm. Uh, The boys, uh, who who was it? It was Joe Stimson. Uh, Joe Joe Stimson, Dean Britt and uh, Christian Welsh and Money. Yeah, so they basically lived together and Mm -hmm. they uh, called themselves the Porterhouse. So they've gone out and got tattoos and Money's obviously gone and got the tattoo on his butt cheek and got a T-Bone steak instead of the Porterhouse. So in memory... (laughs) Of old Cameron Munster. That's a, where... And just for, for, for the people like myself who's hearing this story for the first time and people at home, that's a legit – that is 100% legit. 100%. 100%. It's on his Instagram, isn't it? So it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a Goose of the Week award. Um, so it's going to be T-Bone Weekly Award in memory of Cameron Munster's T-Bone tattoo. Okay. Well, we'll get to the T-Bone uh, of the Week and the T-Bone Award in around 15 minutes' time, and you can have your own nominations as well. And some tickets to give away to the Roosters game in a couple of weeks on one 736 Before all of that, though, and both you boys have been through major injuries in, in recent times. We might start with you, Scotty, because you're still going through it. Uh, and there's some interesting story and perception and the perspective and the maturity sometimes comes out of injuries, and you can find a silver lining. But uh, the pec, how's it all tracking? Um, well, as an injury-wise, mm-hmm. it's come along pretty good. I'm progressing uh, pretty fast. So I, I like to think I'm a fast uh, healer, yeah. so... I think it's coming like, it's feeling pretty good. Um still unable to do you know, like passing and probably running fluently with my arm moving, so still a while away. But 
as a injury perception, it's come pretty good. Well, what's it like in, in a situation where you are, isolation is probably too dramatic of a word, but you would be doing a lot of stuff by yourself. Well, what's it like when the team is you know, playing well and you know camaraderie between so many big group of players who are like obviously on the park and training? What's it like when you have to do stuff by yourself? Yeah, so today we're training and I was out in the field and I was just running on the dead ball line and watching the boys train opposing each other and um, I'm just on my own running and yeah, it is like isolation. It's mm-hmm. uh, It gets lonely, it gets dark and um, do you do struggle at times, but uh, the club, the physios there, they try and keep you mentally up, um, trying to know, always be confident yep. and um, like tell you good things about your injury, but it can get dark. Well, what, what's it like, and I'm going to get you, Shandor, who obviously had a major injury last year, but yep. like, what, what's it like, you know, teammates, how... I guess how in tune are you to be able to when you see a player who is injured and can't join in in the training and the games and take the enjoyment out of it because that's part of what a big part of it is. What well, do you talk to the teammates? Do you try and include them in different things when they're struggling and down? How does it all work? Yeah, I think Storm's a great example of uh, how close we all are. I know um, everyone got got around me when with my injury. You know, mm-hmm. it was pretty horrific. Same with Drinky. I know everyone everyone got around him and. Everyone understands that injuries are, you know, the rubbish part of footy, but um, the best you can do is really just get around and support them. And at the end of the day, as as good as the intentions are, as Drinky said, you are isolated and the training is sort of quite repetitive, but that's just the nature of the beast with injury. But you just got to try and find um, some inspiration from, you know, other people, what's going on, and just, I think, plenty of short-term goals. You know, Drinky... And I, I know it's going to seem like forever, but, you know, in five, six weeks, he's going to be out there really right amongst it. So I know if he just sort of sets some short-term stuff up and, you know, looks to running and then a little bit more weights and then footy and then before you know it, it'll come. And um, if when you get through something like that, as you said, good things happen at the end of it. What, what, what's, the, what's the worst thing for you right now and, and what you're having to go through with, you know, isolation and training by yourself and the fact you can't get in full contact drills? What, what's the thing that weighs on your mind the most? Spending time with Hal. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I don't mind him. Um, probably the worst thing is uh, just playing football. Yep, yeah. that's all I've known since I was five. So I've never really, I've never had a serious injury. I've n- never missed more than four weeks of football. So yeah, it's just playing football and get a foot in your hand. I can't even pass at the moment, so mm. I'm not doing too much footy wise. So it is a bit. Uh, that's probably the worst thing, not being able to play. And- like, like the, the club and, and and Melbourne Storm, and I assume that all rugby league clubs are like this. But do you have? Do you have ways to set up and people to chat to if you're going through, in particular, a first injury? Because it is something, you know, you're right. You, you play the moment you can pick up a football, you've been doing it, and now you can't do it. Smack bang just happens in, in one injury. Is there people, do you, do you talk about it much? Is there ways to try and help you alleviate some of the, the disappointment that you have to deal with as well? There is people at the club, yeah. Um, I'm all right away from training. Yep. Like, I'm all right off the field. It's just when I'm at training, I yep. reckon it sucks the most. It's just, as as uh, Shandell says, it's just so repetitive that what you do every day and gets boring. But uh, away from training, I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty stable. Um, I've got you know I'm focusing on uni a lot mm-hmm. more this semester because I can. So I'm pretty uh, motivated outside of footy. It's just when I'm at training, it's pretty hard. So out of that, I take Shandell that obviously you were failing last year at uni, but now because of the injury, <laughs> you're, you're passing. I was I was passing, but just. I'm, I'm going to go for credits. <laughs> okay, there Get you one go. better. Mate, <laughs> you, you obviously had a, a major injury last year, and you know, similar thing going through you know isolation and having to mm. step by step and slowly when you come to an ACL. When you did it and all that you'd been through and the situation where you found yourself in, what 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 like was it? Did you think at different times you should give it up? Did you 
think this is probably a sign that, hey, this is enough, you know, I've got an opportunity. But, like, what went through your mind in those situations? In those oh, mate, it was tough devastating. I, I, just, I, was, I couldn't believe it, you know. I thought that's the one industry, uh, injury you don't want to get is yep. the ACL. You know, it's the, it's the big one. But the biggest thing was in 2017 I worked my ass off. Like, I trained by myself. I was running a business and I worked really hard to make sure I rocked up for that preseason in good nick and I was and I, I felt like I was ticking every box and really – on the right path that I wanted to be. So to do my ACL like three, four weeks into preseason, it was, you know, it was shocking. And I shed a few tears. And for me, I've been through enough ups and downs that I know if you can just maintain a positive attitude and get by, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I know I've, I've been through enough of those things to know that that's the reality of the situation. So as I said, go through the emotions, face what's coming, and then it's just what's next. You've got a, it's a black and white choice. You either let it bring you down and, you know, and, you know, control your emotions or you think, what can I do next? And for me, it was just focusing on the surgery, good outcome, rehab, training well, and just being positive. I wanted to, the only way I could give back was by training well. So that's what I wanted to do. And then to give me another contract, as I said, I'm indebted to the storm. We spoke about perspective a little bit earlier, but you know, when people do an ACL or get a major injury and have to miss an entire year of whatever sport they are participating in, it it can weigh on their mind and, uh, and you can work, in your own mind, I guess, so negatively towards what you're trying to get to. But after what you've been through in your journey and, mm. you know, ups and downs and all the rest of it, do you think that you handled what you had to handle last year better than what a traditional person who would have done an ACL does? Yeah, I think my past has, has set me up for that. And, um, you know, that's something I've uh, – whether it's at the Storm or with my teammates or anyone that I get to talk to, that's something that I want to be able to share. You know, that's probably my leadership style in a way is just staying positive and being able to offer – my, my story and journey is a bit of inspiration. So if if at any point, you know, I'm struggling, not where I want to be or going through something, if I can stay positive and have a good attitude, I feel like that's a good representation for others to sort of follow. Well, from the outside looking in after, you know, the story and where he was, what what, what was going through your mind or what, what was the discussion point or what, what did you think about what he had to go through last year after where he'd been to and the position he put himself back in? Do you remember? Yeah, it sucked. I actually passed him the ball. Um, and yeah, it wasn't actually a great pass. Uh, it was a, it was. So you've been holding on the blame the whole time, have you? Inside. <laughs> oh, I've been holding the blame, but yeah, I remember passing him the ball from dummy half. Because it was uh, what is it? Is that a Drew play where you go? It was one, like a zip, yeah. yeah come out uh, one way and come back. So it's drink his fault. It wasn't even on. I just did it off off the cuff. But it was devastating to find out that it happened. But at the same time, I think you would know, probably rather do it in the preseason. Mm. In the season, you know, you know, you got back mid year. Played some good footy towards the end. Got missed, just missed out in the finals, but yeah, as he came, he got back pretty quickly. It was pretty amazing. Um, his recovery. I think you know, the way person he is, the way he treats treat himself off the field. Um, you know, I think it helped him a lot. Did you have traditional Rico? No, no, not in the traditional sense. I had okay. a quad graft. So right. the surgeon down here, Julian Feller, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of opting towards that. The the technique they're taking out the graft, and it's just a big thick graft. So it all made sense to me and. I was really happy with the surgery, the surgeon, and um, the outcome at the end of the day. So, was, yeah, I mean, at the end, I got a few niggles after I came back and probably, you know, missed a few opportunities because of that. But I came back in six and a half months, which is um, a big. really, really good outcome. No doubt, big effort. All right, yeah. we're going to get to a break. T-Bone Award or T-Bone of the Week, whatever you call it, is coming your way next. And your chance at home to win one three hundred seven three six seven three six and prizes and tickets to give away as well. The Purple Army is building for 2019, Melbourne undefeated. And you're our city and we're your club by any Four Melbourne Storm home games for only ninety nine dollars. Call one three hundred Storms now and be Melbourne proud in two thousand and nineteen. T Bone Award next right here in the Melbourne Storm Hour. We 
1116 SEN, this is the Melbourne Storm Hour. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. Yeah, it most certainly is. one 736 736 to get involved. The Purple Army is building for 2019. And Melbourne, you're our city and we're your club. Any four Melbourne Storm home games, only $99. Call one 300 storms now and be Melbourne proud in 2019. 0433981116 off the text as well, just quickly before we get to the T-Bone Award of the week off the text today at Purple Paul Melbourne, how do you maintain the self-belief to after an extended period out of the game, write to one of the best coaches in the business and tell him what you can add to a team of great players? That's towards you, Shando, with the, uh, the penning of the note to Craig Bellamy. Yeah, I mean, that self-belief uh, just comes from confidence. In I mean, at some point, you've got to have self-belief. At the end of the day, like, if you don't have that, you've really shot yourself in the foot from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So for me... Like I said, mate, I had three years to think about not only what I was going to say, but what I wanted to do. And there was a big build up. And, you know, the way I finished footy was, was you know, fairly good. So I had a good time at the Raiders and people ask me all the time, but my intentions was always to come back to football. So I was very clear with what I wanted to do and very clear with what I wanted to achieve. Now, you know, it's not always going to be an easy path, but it was pretty easy to put into words. Where do you, where do you enjoy living more? Canberra or Melbourne? I can't even ask that joke with <laughs> yeah, a straight mate. face. He's very confident in himself, Shandor. <laughs> yeah, That's not an issue. <laughs> you have to be, mate. Confidence at its high. All right. T-Bone Award, boys. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved at home if you want to get involved. He's got some tickets to give away here. A double pass to see Melbourne Storm take on the Roosters. Amy Park on Friday 19th. All thanks to Melbourne Storm, our city, our club. Where do you want to start? All right, so uh, our t- if you've got any Tebow nominations as yes. well, uh, feel free to call in, especially Storm players. Maybe Christian Welsh has brushed you at a signing, um, being arrogant, something like that probably happens, so feel free to call in. Otherwise, our first T-bone mention is Brody Croft. So we've picked up, um, head to the Sporting Capital Twitter page. Uh, hang on, I'll go one step further. I've got something for you here. I'll just play got some audio. Oh, ready? Yes, here we go. Here we go. Oh, hang on. No. What song do you pumped up before a game or a type of music? Tough music. Oh, I like to tell the boys a bit of 50 Cent or The Game, <laughs> Tupac. <laughs> do, you, do you sing along to these? Oh, I try to. Oh, the choruses. Yeah, here's your chance if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. All right, there is. Wow. Is that true? Nah. Yeah, um, I've seen his playlist <laughs> and it's the opposite end of that. It's uh, Vance Joy. Yep. Um, Taylor Swift is something that yeah, chills him out. I don't reckon you know, I don't know if you're saying Tupac lookalike. Oh, he knows the words he reckons. That's outrageous. Anyway, front runner. Uh, our next tweet we have, um, again, on the Sporting Capital page, we've got Christian Wells. So I screenshotted this little text that he sent through, and he's done a basically a photo triage of him and the Hemsworth brothers. Ooh. So he, he fancies himself as a solid lookalike to Chris Hemsworth. We all know that's not true. Um Especially the ears that Christian has. So it's very hard to make that comparison. I may look at the photo just for people who may not have seen it yet. Was he photographed with the brothers or he photoshopped no, himself yeah, in? he's photoshopped himself oh. in. And it's a, it's a common theme. He, he commonly refers to himself as Thor. So as I said, there's um, a few a few things that I would say uh, are key. The ears and just his general appearance. So that's that's a struggle. But again, another nomination. Our uh, third and second last one, we have another tweet of the great Albert Vette, uh, three hat-trick score, try scorer on the weekend for the East Tigers. Um, now, there's rumours of a bit of lair. Uh, I don't know if Drinky can add some onto this, but um, he's basically 
slamming balls after tries, taking photos with three fingers up and really getting around it. Now, I know it's a great achievement for a prop, but, you know, that's a T-bone. That's a massive T-bone. Um, yeah, front rower, you know, you put the ball down, you're just happy to get a try. You don't stare in the camera and, you know, let's go, give you that stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, it's massive T-bone, that. I think Shandor's bringing that up, Buck, because he scored that trick on the weekend. Uh, yeah. He just wants everyone to know about that. <laughs> oh, well, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about that in the last, <laughs> last segment. Cherry pickers or what? Just put the ball oh, there's down. there's a bit of work to do, 10 metres out. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so lastly, Chris, Christian's also texted me blowing up, but that's, that's, that's the outcome we want. Lastly, we've got, um, the great Billy Walters, son of Kevin Walters, mm. who you, who you probably know. Uh, he's pitching at the airport here, tucking into some red rooster. So a d- diet plan isn't something he's really great at. Um, for those who don't know, he doesn't eat any sauce, any form of sauce at all. No dressing, no sauces. So you can imagine we're talking spaghetti bolognese with dry mints and dry pasta. And they're separated. They're not mixed together. It's, it's not normal, but doesn't mind red rooster and McDonald's, which we've got him snapped here. So again, another T-bone. So let us know your nominations um, and also let us know who you think is the T-Bone of the Week Award and I'll be sure to announce that at training. All right, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved. Just on the no sauce thing, hang on, just, just explain what happens with the spaghetti then. So he has pasta in one bowl and then dry just mince in the other. Yeah. Does he, and what, he, what does he eat? One you, you can't even call that spaghetti bowl. No, you really can't. So he actually eats... The, so he'll eat the pasta first and then eat the meat second, like an entree main yeah, situation? Yeah, kind of like that. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, regularly his dinner is just fried rice. Just fried or rice. just noodles. Just noodles. Just it Koga pops for breakfast. Honestly. But, mate, you're a professional athlete. <laughs> He's a Queenslander. What's so... a nutritionist, what does a nutritionist have to say about What this? would a nutritionist do with Billy Walters, honestly? You, yeah. just, you wipe your hands with him. <laughs> you you wouldn't even bother. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> All right, a, a T-boner's award off the uh, off Dave from Dave on the on the text. The three Queensland teams haven't won a game in two weeks. What's doing? So he's he's looking up north and giving a whack to the the uh, the Broncos, the Cowboys, mm. and of course the Titans. You haven't had a good fortnight. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I don't know what's going on up there. Especially the Bronx are copping a bit of stick. I heard mm. um, there was pretty epic Gordon. spray from Gordon Tallis. Um, yes. He seems to think there's a bit of a culture thing going on. But oh, I don't know. Who knows? Cowboys are going through a bit of transition. Broncos have obviously got a Good team on paper, and yeah, the Titans obviously they're in a bit of a tough spot. But yeah, I'm 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 always happy to see the the Queenslanders struggling. Hey, just mm. just on that. So when when are you guys media like do you, do you listen to what happens outside like radio, TV, newspaper? Like when Gordy goes bang, and of course a man of his standing, it sometimes sticks, and he's on the money. Do you, do you guys do you take that in as in when it, it's towards you guys or your own team, or do you just ignore it? Um, kind of ignore it. You kind mm-hmm. of use it as just like motivation. Yeah, I think um. Sometimes it'll be brought up in a meeting, um, you know, uses motivation for that week. Um, so for us, yeah, we use motivation. And it's a good thing for us to, you know, when we hear that, so the boys get pumped up. But, you know, probably, de- no, you played for the Broncos and you know, de- degrading your, your team, that's a pretty serious. It is. Ac- yeah, ac- whatever the word he, is. <laughs> and considering he's, he's one of the greats who have worn yeah, the jersey so, as well. So 100%. that hits it's hard, doesn't it? It's pretty serious. So, it must, yeah, you must be thinking there's something going on. Does, uh, does, Craig Bellamy ever, like, stick something up on the wall to, you know, like a, a newspaper article or when you walk into the dressing sheds before a game and there's something there? No, oh, we can't tell you, mate. You can't tell me? All right, cool. <laughs> hey, just off the text, I actually missed this, so I do apologise, but apparently you said there's triage. That, so you said triage rather than montage when you were talking about the uh, Chris Hemworth and, and Welsh photo. Yeah, so um, <laughs> is there a story here? <laughs> no, so he just stuffed up. So I don't he's nominated tri- you. Triage. I've basically. <laughs> I, so I meant montage, but I've seen three yeah. photos and uh, yeah. try three. So okay, I've gone cool. Triage, but yeah. Okay. 
triage is in my head also because that's what I always I'm always gene up the physio team because they're always in triage. So I'm always that's that maybe that's why it's in my head. I, I, I don't know who this uh, text is from, but I'm assuming that it's probably from Welsh or someone <laughs> close to the source who's coming through on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved. Double pass to see the Melbourne Storm take on the Sydney Roosters. Amy Park on Friday, April nineteenth. All thanks to Melbourne Storm, our city, our club. So that's in a couple of weeks' time. That'll be your second game back, Shandor. Oh, this weekend. Well, let's let's hopefully, hope so, mate. Hopefully, hey, <laughs> we, try, are still, we are still a couple of weeks away, and and when uh, obviously when Jack gets back in the seat, I'm no doubt you'll talk about this. But the Anzac Day game and 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 how important and how emotional it is, and and you boys without you know last year, obviously you Shandor, we weren't playing in it, but to be a part of it, how exciting is it? And, and to you know, lights go out and then the last post and all the rest of it. It's such a monumental moment and such an historic day in the country, obviously, but for sport to play a small part is something pretty special, isn't it? Drinky's seen a few, but last last year was my first. And, oh, I mean, if, if I could pinpoint a game for the year, bar some of the finals, mm-hmm. that would be the one. The, the lights out, the spectacle they put on, and just there's a lot there's a lot in that game, you know what I mean? Obviously, with the Anzac, um, a, lot, a lot of history, but obviously with um, – is it always Warriors versus Storm? Yeah. 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 So the obviously you got the New Zealand Australian rivalry, so it's pretty epic. Like as I said, when I seen it last time, I was yeah. I was pretty. Cool. You get pretty good goosebumps. You sit in the stand, just like I want to play this game one day. Mm. You open the open the year this year, which is the first time in a long time where Melbourne Storm got opening yeah, game. Yeah, pretty cool. Do, do you take that as a huge compliment for the for the football club? Yeah, I think so. Like and and a great rivalry start with the Broncos, mm-hmm. and they were sort of. Again, layering up a bit that they wanted to come out and take that off. I mean, I think the Storm have won 15 or 16 in a row yeah. of their first game, so that wasn't something they were happy to lose. But to start off against the Broncos with a good win, on the back of, I think it was a massive representation of our preseason. We sort of gr- grinded them out, so it was a good start. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved. A couple of passes to UA Melbourne Storm to take on the Sydney Roosters. So if you've got a T-Bone Award nomination... Bring them in, bring them in. <laughs> fire it up now, Zero four double three Eleven sixteen. Let's get to a quick break. On the other side of it, more in the Melbourne Storm out. We are the storm from Melbourne town. We'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. On eleven sixteen SEN, this is the Melbourne Storm Hour. Melbourne Storm, our city, your club. Brendan Miller T Bone Award, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved. Double of parts to see the storm take on the Roosters. Friday, April nineteenth. Up for grabs. Let's get to uh, Craig, who's in South Melbourne to kick starters. Craig, hello. <laughs> hey, hello, mate. <laughs> what do you got Craig. for us? Uh, it's, it's actually Tony from Two Wreck. Uh, Two Wreck. Uh, Craig was a fake name. Um, <clears throat> so I've, I've heard from numerous players in the Melbourne Storm that uh, Sandor Oriel actually started a. A ringworm epidemic. Is, uh, <laughs> is this is this true or I'll let you defend yourself, <laughs> Tony? That's a thick Kiwi accent you got there. Have you always been from Turak or? Nah, smoking, mate. Smoking. Yeah, right. No worries. Um, look, I'd like to I'd like to take the blame for the ringworm epidemic, but um, I think you'll find the ring king is uh, young Ryan Pappenhausen. So, yeah, unfortunately, he's rung that in, and he's uh, he's we've all suffered because of it. But great, great question, Tony. You don't still have that one on your neck now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm ring free, Tony. Ring free. <laughs> oh, thank you. Tony, 736 736 uh, Cheryl. Hello. Hello, this is Cheryl speaking. Um, I've got a quick question for um, the Sandor Earl. 
Fire away. How are you? Um, I was just down uh, walking, taking a stroll down Chapel Street, and I seen him in there putting foils in his hair. I'm just wondering if there's any, you know, if he can explain what what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, Cheryl. Uh, obviously, a few highlights in the hair. It's, it, oh, there's not. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Cheryl. Have you ever, have you ever dyed your hair before? I'm just wondering. Um, when you're on the field, I actually um, seen that you scored three on the weekend. Are they getting confused with the ball girls, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Any idea who this might be? No, I don't actually. No. Sounds like Brody Croft. It's probably Christian Welsh. <laughs> it, it is, and it's Curtis Scott, I believe, oh, is what I'm hearing. Curtis Scott. You there, Curtis? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beat it. Yeah, pretty happy with himself too, there, which I liked as well. Always going to enjoy your own work. Quickly, I'm fairly certain this isn't a teammate. Michael's in Reservoir. Hello, Michael. G'day, boys. Just quickly, for us, say mine. I can't believe you're on top of the ladder and you got players ringing up being flogged on radio. Nah, having a bit of fun, mate. You got anything else for us? Yeah, I know that. No, yeah, I'm with that. you, mate. Um, yeah, uh, mine is um, Valentine Holmes. He's made it back to Australia and he's obviously um, signed a deal for his partner. Mm-hmm. They're getting engaged or married. Yeah. I, did, I don't, did he? I don't know. I have no idea about that. I know that they would be yeah, looking yeah. to. Uh, that's that's official, is it? All right. Well, there you go. He's, Congratulations to him. You know, he's, into a, yeah. Took a pay cut, so I suppose he's got to sell some deals. But I also think that. There's going to be a fair deal about an announcement and a tell-all at some point as well that I think these agents might be looking at, which I think, boys, is something that we expect in these type of situations, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't believe he rang up and called your teammates yeah. flogs. But Cheers, yeah, Mike. Unfortunately, you've missed out on the ticket, mate. <laughs> hey, quickly, before before we <laughs> let you go, and uh, good luck for this weekend in particular, you, Shandor, with hopefully you're going to say first grade. You did bury the lead. You just told us off air that you were setting the coach's box last yeah. game. Now, yeah. Now, don't give us the intimate knowledge of what happened, but how fun and weird and exciting and unique was it for you? It was um, just a different experience. Yep. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, it was pretty exciting. Um, you just It's just a good view into what, you know, they want to see while you're on the field. You know, you obviously don't get to talk to the coaches while you're out there. Mm-hmm. So it was a good view on that. Um, I'm sure if I ever get a chance to play again and uh, do something wrong, I'll know what will be said. But, yeah, I'm just like, nah, yeah, he's all right. Is it, what, is it give you a bit of a different perspective from being up there? Uh, uh, not really. Not really? Not really. But, yeah, no, nah, not, not, not really. Not at all? Nah. All right, that was a good question by me. Thank you, I appreciate <laughs> it. Now, now, big 24 hours for Bowman. Maybe not for you because everyone else got the day off or travelling and you're going to be in the club slogging it away at rehab yeah, tomorrow. So. away. You enjoy it, but you they can have a big 24 hours, we assume, because you are on the plane regardless, being in the squad. So you, you head up to far north Queensland tomorrow. Yes, it's very exciting. I'll tell you what's not exciting. Uh-oh. Every morning at the club cafe watching Christian Welsh on his own reading The Australian. That's not exciting. Just a little bit of insight there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on that note, we're done. Enjoy. Good luck. Five and zip this week against North Queensland. And hopefully next time we catch up, which I think will be next time, next Tuesday, You'll be back playing first grade, mate. Boom, let's hope so. And you'll be feeling better. It's been the Melbourne Storm Hour.